Everyone, my name is John Russos, and this is the Here's My Thing podcast. For the past few days, I've been anxiously waiting for Kim Kardashian to tweet to all of her 65.5 million followers and that she's bored in quarantine. Carefully, I've been constructing my response. Here's what I have. No, you're not, Kim. You're lucky. Lucky that your tape with Ray J got leaked and that your mom's a marketing genius. Maybe three of my 141 followers would enjoy that. And I only say Kim because I have a feeling that she's going to tweet that. It could be anyone else. And other celebrities and mansions have already tweeted or posted something along the lines of being bored. Now there's an angle, of course. It has to be relatability. The only I'm bored tweet that I care about is one that comes from an eight-year-old who's been forced to watch the Antique Roadshow for hours on end, or one that got left in their parents' Camry while they went to grab a prescription and then ended up staying in Walgreens for another 15 minutes because they ran into an old colleague. You'll never guess who I saw in there as they get back into the car. Sometimes people say that the DMV is boring, in which I will politely disagree. It's not boring, it's a pain in the ass. It's when people aren't heads down on their phone that they realize they have a front row seat to a Broadway caliber production of people watching. Even if no one's yelling or or being obnoxiously loud on their Bluetooth, they're still gold. And when I'm there, I think it's a great time to wonder if that person knows they're wearing an Adidas shirt and Nike shorts. Or sometimes I'll take bets with myself as to which 15-year-old's going to fail their permit test. I was at my local DMV a couple months ago, and while waiting for my number to be called, a man spilled his soda all over the floor. It was brown-colored, I figured Coke. After saying, damn it, he looked down at the puddle the same way you'd look at a puddle, knowing the only thing you had to clean it up with was toilet paper from the men's bathroom. He held this for a few seconds before the woman next to him asked, Was that Dr. Pepper? Still looking at the puddle, Mr. Pebb. Instead of offering to help, she said, Same thing, and then turned the page of her magazine. For the most part, my daily agenda hasn't changed all that much as a result of the quarantining. If anything, I just don't blow $50 a week on coffee and I've deleted all my dating apps. And I guess I gotta add that I'm now equipped with a foolproof excuse to not show up to a microbrewery for an $8 beer. I'm totally fine being inside. Is still unemployed, so the job search keeps me busy. The podcast and other projects help with that, too. I'm also easily amused. And really, I've been here before. This quarantine is basically every single Sunday afternoon that I experienced as an only child growing up. Just instead of reoccurring weekly, it happens every single day and will happen for an unknown period of time. Considering back then that I did not have a computer and our TV had five channels and I really wasn't that big of a reader... Times were certainly much more boring then, a dreadful boring, knowing that the next day I would have to go to school, which ruled out potential playdates or sleepovers. At best, I'd be able to hang out with some of my neighbors, but I was as close to them as I was my pediatrician. We were civil and could make small talk, but if I had the option to stay longer, I wouldn't take it. I'd pitched to my parents about having another kid. At the time, really not knowing how it all worked, I probably worded it closer to, can we get another kid? But when I was old enough to articulate this thought, I wasn't able to understand that if my mom got pregnant, it would be nine months until that baby was born, and then another five years until they were interesting, and another three or four until I could play them in FIFA. And at that point, I'd be in puberty, my attention mainly directed to girls. But I found creative ways to occupy my time. After a shower, I'd do a quick brush dry, then go into my room and assume child's pose, as if familiar with introductory yoga. 
And I'd sit there, and sometimes for 20 minutes on end. From the time of derobing to getting dressed, I'd be pushing 35 minutes. And if my parents were preoccupied, maybe I'd stay in the shower a little longer, eking out another 10. Up until I was seven, I was the babysitter's dream. All I needed was a fork and a knife to occupy me for a few hours, which was just enough time to cover dinner and a movie for my parents. Imaginary battle royales, throwing the utensils all over my room, incorporating dialogues. The fork always had a British accent while the knife led more by example than through words. And don't get me wrong, this quarantine is not a breeze. I really don't think about it that much. It's only when my friends bring it up. How are you doing alone in the apartment? Then I start processing it and over-processing it. They're right. Why am I not freaking out? There are quiet parts. Moments where the light casted through my blinds can't hold my attention. Being all alone and surrounded by white walls with an unoccupied mind, it only opens up the door to anxious thoughts, sometimes the ones that curl the toes. I was thinking about prom the other day, a night that usually rests as a very positive experience in my mind. I thought back to the photo shoot, my date and I doing the classic poses, then getting confident and interpretive, and she gave me a piggyback ride for one photo. In that moment, we were laughing and smiling, but when flashing back to it, the what-if surfaces. And for whatever reason, I thought about what if my shoe caught in her dress and ripped it off, ruining her night. Her mascara running onto her corsage it would be poetic, but I know I wouldn't recognize the artistic weight in that moment. It would only make it worse. If it ever gets too quiet, I turn to SoundCloud and listen to a couple of songs before an ad about the negative effects of e-cigarettes pushes me to Spotify. Most recently, I've been listening to Garrison Keillor. Similar to Ira Glass, Garrison seems to be an uncle that I've never met, but I'm all too familiar with his voice. I'd mostly be taking it in second hand, not even knowing it. But sometimes, I'd sit forward in the back of my family's accord, trying to understand what he said to make my parents laugh, and why it sounded like he'd whistled when he spoke. Garrison took me to Lake Wobegon the other day. I was crashing off a Red Bull after accomplishing next to nothing on my to-do list. I'm momentarily feeling unproductive, useless. I put on my headphones and closed my eyes, then laid over the comforter on my bed. All of a sudden, I wasn't alone during a global pandemic, but inside the Chatterbox Cafe. Very, very far from bored. Everyone, my name is John Russos, and this has been another installment of the Here's My Thing podcast. Thank you for rocking with me. Until next time.